0: Hello, and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm glad you're here with us today. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. This is episode 11 of Recruiting Hell, and uh, despite there not being any birds in the background like episode 10, we are back to our normal format from last week's crossover with Chris Zahn of Whiskin and Tacos. Uh, we'll actually be booking more guests for future episodes, and that's because you, the listener, really appear to enjoy that. So thank you guys for that feedback. Today, though, it is just me, and maybe it's just me for the last time unless there's an emergency. But either way, we're starting into our second block of 10 episodes, and we're starting into this block with a topic that I've wanted to do for a long time. Actually, this topic I've wanted to do ever since I did the trailer for the show and then episode one right after it. But I knew that this topic was something I couldn't just launch the show with. Uh, It wasn't a, a beginner topic. We had to build something around it first. So this topic was actually a major impetus for starting the show, and it's one that has been quite popular with and requested by listeners. So today's episode is all about scam jobs. Now, for this episode, keep in mind that this term, scam jobs, isn't just going to be encompassing the true scams. Now, we will call the true scams just that, scams. But Many other opportunities appear to be legitimate jobs, but there are red flags that you're going to learn to see today that will help eliminate opportunities at companies that are guilty of false advertising for positions or those that give a very one-sided deal to their prospective employee or contractor, heaven forbid. As always, before we begin, for our new listeners, this is also the time where we remind everybody what Recruiting Hell is, why we call it that, and how it's our goal to escape to a better job And a better tomorrow. So recruiting hell is a term that I use to describe the frustration of job hunting in 2020. If you head to any major job site or employer, there are endless opportunities. But it has gotten more and more difficult to land those opportunities for the average person. Now the whole goal of this show is to give you the tools to help you find a job that brings you both fulfillment and self-worth. Now, not everybody defines their self-worth on their job. But here in American culture, we place a heavy value on being a contributing member of society. And not hating what you do every day to pay the bills is, of course, a huge benefit to anyone. The whole goal of this show is to help you navigate through recruiting hell by avoiding the scam jobs. Hey, like today's episode. The bad employers, the too much work for too little pay, and the mental stress of being jobless or in a position that you absolutely loathe. We're here to help you keep your chin up after your 200th application this month with no response, your 50th rejection email this week, or a great opportunity deciding to ghost you. So in a nutshell, this show is about helping people. And if I can help just one other person out there land a new position and get them out of recruiting hell, I'll call it a win. Now that we're ready to go with the mission of the show, let's launch ourselves into scam land. First up is a type of scam job that is a true blue scam. And these have actually been showing up in searches as I get down to the bottom of the barrel for job options when I'm looking both for myself and for those that I'm looking to help find a position for. Now these, again, this is going to be a little low-hanging fruit to start us off with first, but I have a feeling that these are important to talk about because they are somewhat prevalent And, of course, they're right there. They're at that bottom-of-the-barrel level. And, of course, with so many people looking for work, they might just rise to the top every once in a while. These are the MLMs, the Multi-Level Marketing Jobs. This is Avon, Mary Kay, Party Light, Unique, LuLaRoe, just to name a few. Now, I could sit here and slam MLMs all day long. But we've got a lot more to cover in this episode on the harder things to spot with scam jobs. So for this first type of scam job, we're going to leave it with a three-point checklist for to identify this type of scam. Number one, do they require an investment from you up front before you see a paycheck? This is a monster red flag. That's not how employment works. You should never be paying into something unless you have signed an agreement to be a franchisee, and even then... That's still something that I'm not a huge fan of myself, but franchise franchising is something that is, uh, is much more regulated, if you will, than MLMs. But if they require you to invest in them and send, you know, 50 bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever it might be before you see a dime from them, that's red flag. Number one, number two, do they tout you as an independent business owner? And do they use terms like CEO of your own company, boss, babe, and things like that. Uh, question, listeners, uh, if there is a male version of Boss Babe, I have no idea what it is. If, if you know what the male version of Boss Babe is, please send it to the Recruiting help Podcast at gmail.com. I'm genuinely curious. Uh, number three, do they ask you to either invest in or hold a certain amount of inventory so that you can create events around their brand to bring friends and other people to? Now, if you answer yes to any of these questions when you're looking at a job description, it is highly likely that the job you're looking at is an MLM and likely offers you no real benefit. This should throw more flags than the NFL refs do at the Raiders during an entire football season. Now, don't take my word for it, though. There are documents out there that these companies are required to put out. Uh, their income statements basically for the folks that work for them. And if you find those and you read those from, you know, these these multi-level marketing companies like LulaRoe or Unique or whatever it might be, you'll often find that the top 1% of all their consultants make anything close to a living wage. These are the people you see driving the pink Cadillac for Mary Kay, the people who are going to the seminar for uh LulaRoe or whatever. But this doesn't work for everybody. If the top 1% is the only one making the Actual money, what are they making it from? Uh, Where is that money coming from? Well, it's coming from the other 99% with their uplines and all sorts of things like that. Everyone else in this type of situation loses money. Long story short, these are pyramid schemes, Ponzi schemes. You need a better job, not one that drains your resources and makes your friends and family hate you because you won't stop asking them to parties to buy overpriced leggings. Okay. So we hit the MLMs, and again, that's something of a soft pitch there. It's a bit of a warm-up, but I felt it was worth mentioning because the MLM jobs do lurk down there at the bottom of your LinkedIn uh, and your Indeed job searches. They're there. Whatever site you're using, they're there. They're they're usually pretty easy to avoid because they get kind of avalanched under the rest of the job opportunities out there. They get buried by maybe better opportunities, but they also might get buried by opportunities that are much more insidious in hiding that they aren't a good deal for you, the job seeker. In other words, the MLMs are the easy-to-identify scams for the people who may fall for them, uh, but there are scammier scams, if you will, that uh, kind of fall on top of them and make sure that uh, even you know some of the most swift of us can uh, can get into some trouble there. So, that moves us actually onto one where where I have some some personal experience with this. Not necessarily because I was uh, I was taken uh, advantage by this uh, this scam. I detected that something was off, but I went to actually see it. And this revolves around something I mentioned a few episodes back. Uh, this type of job isn't quite a true scam, but it's really a perfect example of false advertising. So as I, as I mentioned just a moment ago, a few episodes back, I was talking about one of our listeners. Her name is Jessica, and she connected with me on LinkedIn after I made some comments on a post that she made about detecting scam jobs. I'm going to briefly read her post here, uh, and we'll analyze that a bit, and we'll read the response I left her because you need to hear that too. So Jessica says in her LinkedIn post she's looking for advice and guidance And her post reads, as I continue to apply for jobs in the field of marketing and advertising, I find myself met with a lot of scam companies with claims that they are offering growth, mentorship, hands-on experience, and vibrant work cultures, as well as advertising their work with partnerships uh, at Fortune 500 companies. However, at the end of the day, these are just groups that are looking to sell for people to sell their products door-to-door and claiming that they're in the field of business-to-business marketing, but in reality, they're just looking for sales representatives. Sadly, I found myself in one of these positions, thinking I was going to get a well-rounded and insightful experience into the industry of a marketing agency, but this was not the case. And then Jessica said she was looking for some guidance from marketing professionals on how not to fall into the traps of these companies and what are the telltale signs. Hmm, kind of sounds like this episode, if you will. So that's actually another uh, another thing that we, we, we've heard from you, the listener, the viewer, if you will, uh, that this is something that is a really an interesting topic to you. So let's unpack that. You've seen these companies, too. You've read that job description. They tout their Fortune 500 client. They likely have an address in a part of town that you would classify as upscale or maybe techie. Now, here in Milwaukee, that's the historic Third Ward, which is an old manufacturing district that has since found new life for tech companies inhabiting the old warehouses and factories. It leads to some pretty cool office spaces, and it's a great combination of modern and retro decor, which is perfect to lure in unsuspecting job seekers. Now, on the surface, this may appear that these companies look like they care about appearances, that they have something like a relaxed dress code, and maybe they have cool perks like company happy hours, and you know what? Heaven forbid that maybe they pay well. That could be amazing. So these companies start ticking the boxes in your head. These big clients, they talk about equal, stable, and profitable business. An office in a good area of town means they like nice things for themselves and likely for their employees as well. And then they drop the hammer on you. You can be in marketing. Oh, marketing is sexy. Marketing is creative and creates something. Marketing is something so many people want to do, and marketing gets renown. As Jessica said, though, the reality is, is that these are sales positions in disguise. So next, I'm going to read you my response to her, and we'll look at why these companies are to be avoided, and then how to detect them. Now, full disclaimer, as I mentioned before, I had some experience with one of these companies. Uh, I went to one of these interviews Just to see what it was like, I even told my wife, I said, something smells really wrong here, but I want to make sure that my gut instinct is on. So in the interest of making sure that I, you know, felt when things were wrong, I got on my suit and I went to that interview. We'll talk a little bit about what happened uh, there here right now. So I replied to Jessica. I said, ah, the marketing agency companies. I've never wanted to leave an interview faster. I actually terminated the interview five minutes after being pitched. My advice to you, take a look at the search terms you're using. Marketing these days has become an almost meaningless word and has in many cases really been used in conjunction with or as a replacement for the word sales, which you've clearly experienced. In my city, there are about five or six of these agencies that are hiring all the time and promising the things you mention. Make a list of these companies. Once you start to recognize their names and taking a look at the job descriptions they offer, you'll eventually develop a nose for the BS that they peddle, which will clue you in to other companies like this. Something you'll want to look for when searching for an agency is their website. Do they have a portfolio of clients and samples of their work that has been done? These companies that masquerade as marketing firms don't have this because they don't actually make ads or art or other marketing type things. Real agencies are proud to show the fantastic portfolio of work that they have on their site. Now that was the end of the comment because LinkedIn told me I was writing too much. And uh, apparently the limit on number of characters in LinkedIn content is, is 1250 characters, but there's a lot more to it. And Hey, that's why you're here, right? So as I said, For these type of companies, real agencies and marketing firms always want to brag about the names of the clients they work with and show the work they've done for them. A real marketing agency isn't going to hide behind a descriptor of, quote, a Fortune 500 client. A company that wants you to come work with them in advertising is going to have the names of their clients available through their web portfolio. Now, I did a quick Google search of marketing agencies in Milwaukee as I was writing this. And you can, of course, substitute your own city or uh, wherever you're at, you know, maybe the nearest major city. And except for one of the agencies, which appeared on the surface to be much more digitally oriented than print, you know, things like Facebook ads and things like that. Every marketing agency in my major city had a giant link at the top of their website called our work and it was plastered on there showcasing the solutions that they had provided to the companies in, that they worked with in the past and naming those companies so that's step 1 fake marketing companies or sales jobs in disguise as i like to call them will not be open about who their clients are in job descriptions so what else can help us detect these types of jobs the type of person they say that they're looking for. So here's step two to this uh, particular red flag. Oftentimes, these jobs will say that they're looking for motivated individuals, especially those who are competitive, and maybe they played sports in college. I guarantee you, you can find job descriptions that have those three terms, motivated individuals, competitive, and you played sports in college in them right now on any major job board. You don't have to be hyper-competitive in marketing jobs, though. That's a sales job thing. Some of these job descriptions read like a college bro who has had about three too many monster energy drinks. It's meant to appeal to those who think they can hustle because they have a competitive spirit. Marketing, while it can be competitive in a sense, doesn't have the same achievement drive mechanisms as sales. In a nutshell, this red flag is easily seen by the over-exuberance of the job description talking about achievement and teams. That's what you say to a sales team, not to a marketing team. Another thing to look for with jobs like this are the words retail, setting. This is a dead giveaway that the job you're looking at for marketing isn't going to be doing that. So remember that job interview I mentioned earlier that I went to to kind of test my gut and make sure it was right? During the interview, I got real straight with the guy interviewing me, and I asked him who that Fortune five 500 client was. Now, he mentioned it was DirecTV. To his credit, he was honest with me, and they had been recently acquired by AT&T, which, again, makes them a Fortune 500 client. Okay. But this brought the next questions from me, which was, in a retail setting... The only thing I've seen with TV is the guys who are asking folks at Home Depot to sign up for the service. Is this that job? Now, to his credit, he sheepishly said yes. At that point, I told him we were finished. Because this was not a marketing position. This was a sales position. And a retail setting acts as an underscore to this type of flag. If your job posting says retail setting... You're going to be selling someone something to someone inside of a store, flat out. Now, this next one, this next kind of scam job or something that kind of falls into this category is a weird one. And this is because it's a result of something that should really be a good thing that benefits job seekers. It's It's been twisted, if you will. And this is a thing that is... Useful, especially for those people who may be discriminated against or marginalized because of poor prior life choices. This is about fair chance hiring. So what is fair chance hiring? And this is also known as ban the box hiring. This is a hiring method which is often actually codified into law in many states, uh, 33 of them last I looked, that ensures that companies look at the person applying for a job and the qualifications they bring before running a criminal background check that would discount them immediately. Now on paper, that's an awesome thing. People make mistakes, and second chances are what good business ownership is all about. I myself have benefited from someone looking at who I was rather than a mistake I made years ago in my job search. I'm a big fan of this when it's used properly. So am I saying the process is flawed? No, no, not at all. It's simply been co-opted by these types of false advertising, scam, or other undesirable and unfair job providers to take advantage of these types of people. So looking at job descriptions nowadays, you'll often find the following little blurb down at the bottom of the description. It usually says, This job is a job for which military experienced candidates are encouraged to apply. Open to applicants who do not have a high school diploma or GED. A fair chance job. You or the employer follow fair chance hiring practices when performing background checks. Or a good fit for applicants with gaps in their resume or who have been out of the workforce for the past six months or more. A good job for someone who's just entering the workforce or returning to the workforce with limited experience in education. Open to applicants who do not have a college diploma. So while on some jobs, this is a very accurate True and helpful section. The companies, which are often the kind of type two companies that we mentioned previously, the people who falsely advertise on their, uh, their sales and marketing positions, if you will, these folks have put this on their application to appeal to those people who might have limited job prospects either due to criminal conviction or who are truly down on their luck or inexperienced. This is downright predatory. So if you see a job that has this big disclaimer at the end, again, it's not a 100% disqualifier, but just be aware that sometimes this can be used as a lure to bring folks in who might be vulnerable to certain types of jobs. And again, if this appears on something that is not tripping any of the other flags that we've talked about in this episode, it's probably legit. It's probably being used for the reason it should be. But if you're looking at this and it's on a marketing job that's actually a sales job, it's most likely being used against you. As we close down here, one final thought on jobs that are not the greatest, if you will, or the ones that just aren't, don't have your best interests at heart. Always take a look at the salary requirements. Uh, there's a couple examples of this that I want to give. One of them being uh, gig economy jobs, particularly childcare. If you are uh, in the childcare realm, you know that it is a tremendously underappreciated uh, set of skills. You know the domestic engineer, whether you know they're male or female uh, nowadays, is somebody who is overworked and underpaid. And uh, unfortunately, when you have uh, people wanting childcare, they often uh, really Shortchange that, you know, for a babysitter or a nanny during the day. Uh, I read a couple descriptions here as I was uh, preparing this episode. I found a family in Chicago who wanted a full-time nanny for a six and a twelve-year-old for two hundred fifty dollars a week, and that comes out to about six bucks an hour to take care of two kids, which is absolutely ridiculous, uh, especially when you placed it against the an hour that another family was offering in the same metro area. Now, again, I understand that uh, there are good neighborhoods and bad neighborhoods, but it is Chicago, Illinois. It's a high standard of living city. You don't live in Chicago without making at least somewhat reasonable uh, money, especially because both of these jobs were located in an affluent Chicago suburb. So be sure to watch out for jobs like that, jobs that underpay you for what you're worth, especially when it comes to something uh, like a gig economy or, uh, you know, I've seen a couple of these postings, you know, need nanny for five children, 15 bucks an hour. Like, no, just no. Uh, Know your worth. And that's really important when it comes to uh, doing things like childcare or any job for that matter. Salary research is really important for you. Now, the other part of that that Ties into salary is I have a a job description here that there's a uh, St. Louis, Missouri distribution company that's hiring a distributor rep in the state of Wisconsin. And as I look into all of their credentials, things look all right. You know, they offer some commission, they offer uh, some benefits and things like that. But the pay scale, I'm looking at this, it says job type, full time, contract, commission, pay. $25,000 25,000 to 300,000 dollars per year. That's quite a range. So you have to ask yourself when you come across a job like this, is this going to be a job for you? You might be spellbound as I was years ago by those six-figure jobs. Man, it would be awesome to make 100 grand a year, much less, you know, oh my gosh, 300, triple 100 grand a year? Heck yeah, sign me up. Don't jump at it so fast, though. There's a reason that $25,000 is on there, because I have a feeling, and many companies will, uh, if you press them, admit what their average rep takes home. It's entirely possible that the $25,000 is the base salary that you would be entitled to take home pre-commissions. And you might be a great salesperson. You might be somebody who makes the most incredible route of... Uh, customers for your distributor. But the reality is is that you're probably somewhere under that $300,000 a year mark and most likely very much closer to that $25,000 a year mark. And I'm not saying that because I think you suck or because I think you're bad at your job or anything like that, but that $300,000 on there is because there's one dude at this company who is making that, and they can put that on there. Because that's true. His position is indeed paying $300,000 a year. But he's the only one that's making that. And whether that's through his skill as a salesperson, either because he's naturally gifted, hardworking, or he lucked into the biggest account in Nebraska, that 300000 is likely not achievable for you when it's presented in a range of 25000 to $300,000 a year. So again, this stresses the point to know what you are worth know what your jobs are supposed to be worth get that ballpark get on glass door and find out what a sales rep for a mechanical company or whatever this this guy uh, is selling is supposed to make you'll probably find a tighter range than $275,000 either way and again if you really think about it The difference between living a $25,000 a year lifestyle and a $300,000 a year lifestyle is astronomical. It's unbelievable. I used to kind of pal around with some of the executives at uh, one of my past companies. You know, they'd take me places and things like that, and I made decent money. But there was no way, absolutely no way I could hang with these guys when they went to Vegas and decided to put $3,000 on the craps table. The amount of money to, that you have as disposable income after about $70,000 is just astronomical. So if you're on that lower end, and if you think, you know, hey, even if you're doing better than the lowest guy, that's still only fifty grand a year on this job, and that's a great wage. Like, that's not a wage I'd necessarily turn down for myself at this time. I'm worth a little bit more than that. But you have to think, are you worth $300,000 a year, number one? And is it possible for you to be worth $300,000 a year for this company that you're working for? And in some cases, that might be yes. Maybe you sell yachts. Absolutely, you can make three hundred grand a year if you sell yachts. But for most of us, we don't sell yachts. We sell dairy equipment or we sell uh, fueling contracts or things like that. And we don't get $5,000 in commission per sale or whatever it might be. So again, make sure that you're taking a look at what your job is supposed to pay, not what the job description says it can pay. All right, I'm done lecturing you about pay here. Uh, we'll, of course, uh, wrap up here with a couple closing thoughts and move on from there. So we've covered the five ways to spot scam jobs right now. Have all of these been 100% scams? No. And I'd be lying to you if I said that all of these types of jobs were pure 100% scams. We use the word scam in this episode to delineate the following. A. A job that is truly a scam, like an MLM. B. A job that falsely advertises itself or the work to be done. C. A job with which the employer is unequally benefiting from your hard work, generally by devaluing your time and labor. Now, in conclusion, there are a lot of bad jobs out there for various reasons. Today's job market can be an absolute hellscape. Hey, we snuck a show reference in there. And I'm hopeful that your job hunt can be made better, easier, and more productive by knowing the five red flags we talked about so that you can find work that is indeed meaningful to you and helps you make ends meet. We've had some great success in our first 10 episodes of this show, and we actually beat the listenership goals I set for this, uh, this podcast by almost 20%. We're on to our next milestone, and I couldn't be happier to have you all along for the ride. Something that's going to get us there, though, is you, the community getting engaged. So if you see a post from Recruiting Hell that you like, please give it a share and tell more, more folks about the show. If you have questions, comments, feedback, or guest suggestions here for us at Recruiting Hell. You can drop us a line at the Recruiting help Podcast at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram at recruiting underscore hell underscore podcast, Twitter at recruiting underscore hell, or on our Facebook fan page. As always, thanks to Purple Planet for our music and you, the listener, for tuning in. I'm Rob Conlin, and until we meet again, keep moving forward with your self-betterment and your job hunt. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace.